0: Let's <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this is one of the hardest working men in showbiz across the board. When it comes to tours, when it comes to albums, when it comes to music videos, he has it all. Listen, I read somewhere this man has done over 1,700 events, tours, and everything. Listen, you know who we have in the building today? We have Peter Jackson in the building today. What's going on, big brother? my guy how you doing i'm excellent yourself i'm good bro i'm good i can't complain all right especially under the circumstances right now you know what i mean no nah, i'm not one to complain normally
1: anyway but um yeah yeah i mean it's kind of like we, we were just touching on it but it's like opening up a lot of other stuff you know yeah giving me more time with my kids and stuff i'm never home i'm always on the road i'm always working um yeah so it's it's, it's like we asked for this in a roundabout way you know what i mean
0: you understand because we're always on the go, and you don't realize how busy you are until you actually calm down and look around. Like, holy smokes, I'm always on the go. Yeah, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I know we're right now. We're I think today is like the 23rd or 24th. I'm so lost when it comes to the day. couple of days after 4:20. What was your 4:20 like?
1: Um, honestly, man, I, it, typical. I mean, I smoke a lot. Like, I smoke mm-hmm. a lot. So, um. I probably smoked like, I don't know, maybe like 10 blunts that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I tried to like smoke a bunch of different things that day instead of like yeah. just one, whatever I was smoking. I, you mm-hmm. know, I paid attention to like Snoop did like a DJ set um, that day and, and a couple people like that. Burner, mm-hmm. the guy that I follow out of, um, yeah. out of LA. Mm hmm. He had some stuff going on, so I was like paying attention to him more on like the business side of things and stuff, too. So Got you. It's difficult me. I don't, I mean, I never like went to like 420 rallies and like did ever anything. I've never right.
0: done. <laughs> <laughs> Not that serious, you know what I mean? Not that serious, no. Yeah. It's it's 420 every day over here. Yeah, right? You get it. Yeah, man, because I know you're, you're big when it comes to marijuana, cannabis and stuff like that. You're big. I'm pretty sure. Do you have a strain yourself or are you involved with it anyway?
1: I'm involved. I'm definitely involved. Um, I'm involved with a couple of LPs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I did, uh, me and that, that, uh, LP called Hexo. Yep. We, we brought down, um, Wu-Tang Clan to do one of the anniversary shows. We brought RZA down. Um, so right. I did a deal. I did a big deal with that LP Hexo. Um, I work with another LP, um, and a wellness brand right now called Mountain Valley MD so okay. MVMD. Um, and then yeah i support a lot of the a lot of the other cannabis companies like a lot of you know companies that are craft craft yeah. brands like ghost drops in and a, and a new brand called cloudy another brand called space bros like i try to i mean i've been smoking weed for yeah forever like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't really drink i don't really yeah. drink at all. okay so i'm like i mean i'll drink like champagne at a show or something like that yeah but other than that, I mean, I don't really drink. So, weeds, okay. kind of, cannabis is kind of my thing.
0: That's your, that's your vice. Yeah, that's my vice. Yeah, I mean, all right, crazy. Let's get into some stuff that's going on right now, because right now we're in the middle of a crazy, crazy pandemic right now, and even it's not discriminated—rich, poor, black, white, Chinese, famous or not—it's hitting everybody right now. Okay, if you even notice, yesterday, RIP to um, Fred the Godson, you know and I mean, so even somebody in the rap world. It touched the rap world right now, too. What do you really think about this whole situation going on around you right now?
1: But yeah, you're right. It is touching everybody. It's affecting everybody. Um, you know, a fan that comes to a lot of my shows and a lot of events told me today his mom passed from it. His Crazy. mom like I I watched his mom buy the whole merch table at one of my shows before. Yeah. So I mean literally everyone. I got friends in, in Italy that were quarantined in Spain for two weeks. I got wow you know, friends in just everywhere like it's 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 really you know it's really touching everything and it's it's hard to judge because you know a lot of this stuff goes on a lot of times and doesn't get this kind of publicity yeah um, i guess that's a that's a bad word to call it but it kind of is publicity that the virus well,
0: that's what it is mm-hmm.
1: so you know i do believe there's a bunch of other stuff going on on okay. top on top of it but um or just in in general in the world right now, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on. So, I don't know, man. It, it, it's hard to deal with and you just pray and you just hope that you know we can get through
0: it. Yeah. Let's let's deep dive on that a bit before we even get into something else. When you say other stuff, what other stuff you came up on your radar do you have in mind?
1: Um, I never really been into like mm-hmm. uh I don't even know what the word is, I can't think of it right mm-hmm. now. Like I never really really ever got into that, but like somebody that I do a lot of business with Mm -hmm. has been showing me and telling me things for a long time. So there's certain things that, you know, he's been showing me lately and it just, a lot of it makes sense. Like, you know, I don't believe 5G's killing everybody. I, you know, right now it's not rolled out in enough places for really people to make that kind of assumption. And, you know, I also don't believe that every celebrity under, you know, the light is is about to get an indictment or, you know, I, I don't believe all that stuff, mm-hmm. but I do believe something else is going on.
0: Fair enough. I could understand that because it's almost like it's too much is going on at one time for yeah. there almost not to be something else at play at the exact time, same oh, time also.
1: thousand I, yeah. percent. I can't, to be honest with you, whatever is going on is above my pay grade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I could understand that one thousand percent. You know what I mean?
1: That's kind of how I feel is like, you know, I don't know because it's not my business to know, which sucks and I mean, it's hard and I could be dead wrong. I mean, we could just be going through something that happened a hundred years ago too.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that could just be the logical answer of what's really going on. And, you know, you got a bunch of people that are throwing all this shit around. Everybody's bored, they're at their houses. Everybody's in, look what just happened in Nova Scotia, bro. And- (laughs) enfield like enfield is where classified lives that's the city i've been there before with them i've been yeah. in house. like enfield is kind of like <clears throat> how i'm where i'm at it's like yeah. an hour outside of the city but it's it's a small town like
0: you, you know it's yes. not you wouldn't expect anything like that to happen there I mean, of all places
1: you don't expect that anywhere but you definitely don't expect it in a place like that and i mean mm-hmm. that's terrorism however you look at it i don't care you know I know people don't usually call white people terrorists, but, like, yeah. that, that's some fuck. That's yeah. a terrorist. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to call it. That's terrorism to me. So That's a definition, if you ask me. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, news always plays with that shit. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's terrorism. It's horrible. It's something else going on. And it's, you mm-hmm. know, kind of hard to, to understand and kind of comprehend all this stuff
0: at once right now. Yeah, you're right. When it comes to quarantine and lockdown and stuff, how do you? How much longer do you think we're actually going to be in this state here? Because yesterday was one month since Ontario declared a state of emergency. So how much longer do you think before we start to get back into a normal pace of life again?
1: I mean, Saskatoon don't have no more cases right now, I think. So I think they're doing like a five-step program to start going back. And I mean, Ontario saw a spike again today. So... You know, I don't know. I mean, I pray and hope that it's sooner than later, but I also don't want to jump the gun. Yeah. You know, if that's what's really going on and there's, you know, this is what it is, then I'm not into jumping the gun. We're already in this position. Let's just do it right. Like, I don't want to play with it. You know what I mean? Like, I've already pushed 10 tours. I've already already been sitting. I'm already, you know, prepared for this to, it just needs to be better, bro. I don't want to see people I I love and people I fuck with get
0: sick. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know what I mean, and if you're to put a time on it, hypothetically, how long do you think we're going to be in lockdown for? Just if you're to guess.
1: To get back to like complete normal, I'm really hoping for like September. I got too much on the line.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you think you think right now summer is basically a wrap? Hopefully by September.
1: No, I don't. I think I'm talking about my world, like I'm talking about like concerts and stadiums and in big venues like that i think it's going to take a minute to get that stuff like i got season tickets to the raptors what are they going to do yeah. gonna every other seat like how do you do that then half the stadium yeah. can't go because that's it's sold out leafs yeah. are sold out every sporting event in the world is basically sold out all the time so yeah you know i mean i don't know i think that we'll start seeing stuff go back soon like in mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks i i heard them announce that Made two for a long weekend, and then they retracted their statement. They but no, nah. well, you don't want to say that, right? Because every single person in Canada, especially, Canada, they're going to their cottage. Like, yeah, we got two of them. So, mm-hmm. I, first thing I said I was like, "Oh, we going to the cottage that weekend?" There, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even go to the cottage last summer. Like, mm-hmm. so you know, right away, I'm like, "Oh, let's go to the cottage." Yeah, you know, what I mean, you don't want everybody doing that. Mm-hmm. So
0: it makes total a sense.
1: Prepared. I think Doug Ford's doing a good job. Rob yes. Ford. Doug Ford. Doug Ford.
0: Yeah. I always get them mixed up too, so don't worry. I get it. You know what I mean? But definitely I can't lie. It seems like between Doug, Doug Ford, John Tory, and um, now I'm going blank with the premier. Trudeau. Trudeau. They seem to be, I cannot lie, they've stepped up in a way that I've never really seen them step up before. And yeah. they're really putting their best foot forward, right?
1: Because now. this is some real life shit. This is not about being a politician. No, Doug, no, no. That's why Rob Ford, people liked him. Yeah, Rob yeah. was like a peep. He was normal. He was like my next door neighbor or yeah. some goofy guy that yeah. was a teacher or whoever. Like he was just a normal guy. Yeah. Well, so I think that's what's really shining through, and that's like you know what I like most about Canadians and shit too is they're like normal people. Yeah. So I think that they're compassionate. They're they're showing a lot of you know just being a human being, like being a good human. And yeah. you know I think that people were on. Doug Ford's ass. I hope he does something about the teacher shit that he wasn't doing, and you know mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Because obviously, look at parents right now. I'm seeing parents acting like idiots right now with their kids. It's you know, crazy. It. Like, and it's hard. Like, I got a five year old and a three year old, so it's not it's not easy. Yeah. But you know, give teachers a little bit more credit, and, and you know, people were were bad mouthing Trudeau and. Mm-hmm. He gave money to everybody and he's helping everybody. Doug Ford's out there on the front lines helping people and, and mm-hmm. going to people's houses and like crazy. Not part of his job.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, Trump looks like an asshole. These yeah. Guys, yeah. These guys yeah. are doing a bunch of shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know, man. I think it's just about being a good person at this point.
0: Yeah. You're right about that. And you're talking about even because we know how it's affecting you personally. So even professionally right now. How has it affected you from when it first began up until right now?
1: I mean, at first, like I had a show on, I had a tour going on. So like March 9th, I had a show and I was in the okay. club. And um, I didn't really know what to make of it because yeah. the artists had come over from the States. It was the first, like I, I was already going on and I knew that something was going on overseas because I, I'm doing a lot of business in Europe. So yeah. I, I kind of knew what was going on, but I wasn't too much on it like that and then like march fifteenth, 16th hit and it was like everything we had was postponed then yeah. everything we had was canceled then people that we knew were getting sick then they started they the kids were home for march break and it was gonna last the extra week now it was two weeks then it's a month you're like okay this shit's serious what the hell is yeah. going on
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so and i mean it got serious very quickly
1: very fast very fast um so, yeah, I mean, everything for me, all my, like, I was, I had, I guess, personally, tours that I would have been performing on, I had two tours postponed, mm-hmm. and my com- and my company that I own probably postponed seven runs, probably about 200, 300 shows. Wow. And that's, and that's nothing, like, compared to, you know, and, and whatever problem I have, mm-hmm. your whole world has been affected, too. My best yeah. friend's whole world, my wife's whole world, my mom's whole world. My mom's a travel agent. Mm. I'm not going to post about her business right now. She look, no, stupid. No, no, no. You know? Like, yeah. what would be the point? Like, yeah. Wow. Deal's coming soon. Like, yeah.
0: what? <laughs> weird. To my bedroom? Yeah,
1: exactly. so I was telling her. And see, I was telling her that, like, right away, mm. because I think, like, her Facebook business account was set up to, like, just post at a certain time every day. Yeah. So when the when everything first started... I called my mom and I'm like, yo, you gotta stop like posting stuff about travel. What are you doing? And yeah. she's like, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, oh, like, oh my god, my account's probably set up. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it just posted about a deal to Jamaica. Like, it just yeah. looks <laughs> like you don't care. And she's like, no, I didn't do it. Didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. You seem
0: I, insensitive.
1: It is sensitive, bro. Yeah. I didn't want to put out music. Yeah. I thought I was being. I I, I thought like. I thought it was insensitive. I thought it was the wrong time. I thought Mm -hmm. it was um, tasteless. I thought, you know, I was watching other people do shit, and I'm like, this is mad corny. Like, what are you doing?
2: Yeah.
1: And and then I made a couple posts about not putting out music right now because I didn't feel like it was right. And then people were like, what are you doing? Like, I'm sitting at home. I want new music from you. I need, yo, your music got me through this. I need this. Like, you know, so... Then I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're right. And then I'm like, well, if I don't put out music, how do I eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Like, excuse me. So I kind of have a, a totally different view on that right now. Mm-hmm. But at first, I thought it was super tasteless. Like, yeah. But I just didn't understand what was really going on either. You know, I thought we were in for two, three weeks, and we would be out of what was ever going on.
0: Yeah. No, and I get that 100% because even I could totally understand because that's a question I usually ask my guests is like right now as a producer and stuff, how does it feel putting out music? But I know you have a new project coming out, but I don't want to get into it yet. First, I want to get into the beginning of where you're coming from and then we'll get to the project you have right now. All right? So my first question for you is when did you fall in love with hip-hop? What was the first song that you heard, video, something you seen that made you say, you know what? I like this, or at least peak your interest.
1: Um, piqued my interest would have been from my sister when I was young. My sister was like big into like SWV, uh, Sade, um Sh- shade. Yep. Um, you know, like a lot of like R and B. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, just like rollerblading in my basement and listening to her music. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of my first taste into that you know into like r and b and a little bit of hip hop like you know probably like mariah carey and odb or something like that yeah know? yeah yeah but hip hop for me was i remember triumph and mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure that um there was a, a mix cd from a store called gene machine that had money power respect on it okay that my sister brought home and it was a locks record and i remember that was it for me yeah. Like, that record was, and that's like, you know, I always prided myself on working with people I just wanted to work with. Yeah. And and that record for me was, like, really my starting point. Like, I used to rap over the little break at the end into my speaker. When yeah. I was like, <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. But that's really the one that really brought you into the fold and made you be self-aware of, yo, you know what? I like this. I could try this too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I was like, I rapped when I was like 16 at like house parties okay, and and like, you know, two, three in the morning, just fucked up, like rapping and just playing around. And then, um, you know, people would come from other areas of where I was from and like other cities and stuff and come to house parties and like battle battle me and battle other people. And um, my best friend was killed when I was, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. And, I was at, his mom asked me if I wanted to do the eulogy. Like, not not the only eulogy, but, like, you know, speak at the funeral. So I said yes. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Like, you know, I don't feel right, whatever. So I never, I I just said yes.
2: Okay. And
1: and then basically, um, I don't know if I reached out to him, but I had recorded, like, one or two records, and Bishop Bergante actually put me in the studio. Okay and showed me how to structure a song so i went into the studio to with this record because i didn't want to speak at the funeral so i had recorded a song because i could rap got you. But it was like one of the first records i recorded like probably one of the first 10 songs i'd ever recorded in my life okay be like 17 18 years old i go to the studio and i it's just like straight call it like 48 bars bishop was, <laughs> break it up do this part here then do the, leave this for the hook, then do this part, leave that for the hook, do this part, leave that part. On, on, on the hook, yeah. tell stories about your boy. Tell stories and make people laugh. Tell stories and make people cry. Just, you know, yeah. show talk to them. So I did that. And then when I played the record at the funeral, um, we played it in the service instead of me talking. Okay. And the what it did and what I saw it do was why I started doing music. <laughs> yeah, most people don't know yeah. that. I don't really, yeah. don't really talk about it like that. But yeah. I saw that it made people laugh. I saw that it made people cry. I have seen that it made people happy. I seen that it made people sad. I seen that it was more than just me freestyling at parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that point, you know, I started running my own shows. I started there was no shows. Like yeah. a white rapper from Ajax was not. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, like I, I, I was in a West yeah. Indian spot called Santa Cruz in, in yeah. a- uh myself. Like I mm-hmm. was, and that was like my opportunities. Like I bring Slug down from Scarborough. I would bring uh another artist named Beast and Cocky and A Game, mm-hmm. like A Game were Kid Kids. At this point, yeah. they're from my neighborhood, but they're but they're younger. Yeah. Um. I, actually, I don't even know if they're younger. We might be the same age. Yeah. Um But. Yeah the twins would perform like everybody, like, and we were doing like this little tiny restaurant that had like a tiny stage in the back. Crazy. You know, that's where like, I I kind of moved it into a business because I seen what the record did and, and I figured like, okay, this could be a way for me to get away from all the bullshit that we're doing. Yeah.
0: And it's crazy. It's like, almost like you took a really bad situation a traumatic situation and turn it into something positive and seeing the bright side and say, Hey, you know what? I could probably turn this into a business. Cause you've seen the emotions that it could invoke, invoke in people—happy, sad, crying, everything. So you said, "You know what? I like the power of music right here. So let me take it to another level." And that's where everything started for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was that was really it. And it was like I got a second chance because you know my friend, my best friend that died, wasn't like he wasn't wild. He wasn't okay. He wasn't really out of pocket like i was like i was super out of pocket so got you he, you know it was like extremely eye-opening for all of us because he was like the best guy out of all of us mm-hmm. so it was like yo, know, if this is I, I can't afford for this to happen like i can't watch my mom like this i can't mm-hmm. you know so and i mean i've lost so many people over the years but that one was always different to me because it was just first person i ever lost that was close to me i was so young it could have been me i was with him that in his car two hours before it happened i was with yeah. him 10 minutes before it happened you know it, it it was just you know i mean and there's so many stories like that there's so many people i know that you know but you got to change it for the better too like i still talk to his mom mm-hmm. still speak to his sister i know his sister's husband i know their kid mm-hmm. you know like it's just it's something that like you know it's sad to say but he helped me so much when that yeah. happened. Like,
0: yeah, that's how life. Life is funny. Everybody has a purpose, and you don't really know what your purpose is till sometimes after the fact. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that might have been one of those situations there. And what year was this where everything started to move forward for you?
1: Um, I think probably like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Okay. Um, I dropped my first project in two thousand and ten. Okay. Um, and I was, you know, I was messing around for a couple of years before that, but uh, I think everything was basically, yeah, probably like 2008, 2009.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So then your, your season, this is where we're talking about a uh, 10, 11, 11 years.
1: Yeah. I'm 10, I'm 10, 11 years in.
0: Yeah. Wow. And then you started, so you would say you started off more as business or more as an artist first?
1: I mean, I just did the business to create opportunities for me as an artist because yeah. there was there was absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, there was nobody was calling me to give me opportunities right off the hop. I mean, I was showing people what I could do. I think the first big show I ever got put on was to open for Kiss and I sold like three hundred and ninety six tickets yeah. by him. yeah. So wow. that's where I was like, oh, so I just whatever four hundred times. Mm -hmm. Whatever the ticket price was, I'm like, oh, I just paid for this whole show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And and you understand that more than a lot of people Mm -hmm. So then I did a smaller Wu-Tang show with like three of the members for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I sold 940 tickets by hand. Wow. In a a 700 cap room.
0: (laughs) Wow. So you sold the entire show?
1: I sold the entire show up. Yeah. By hand. And when, when that happened, and I actually think you guys would have had tickets. Like I think I would have probably given you for that. That was uh
0: yeah. Jiza, uh, you god, and Raycorn. Oh, yes, I remember, I remember that show. Was that was when ago. Ray was more or less in Toronto at that time there. It was before that. Even before that. Yeah. So this is a long time ago then. Like one,
1: I'm talking about, like one of my first shows. Yeah. And when I did that, I was like, okay, I'm I'm done making everybody else money. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think I handed over the money for 938 tickets and got paid like 500 bucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: you know, I just gave over the, the biggest bag of money I ever seen yeah. at that point, and I was yeah. like, "What? What just happened?" Like, I just... So, you know, at that point, I started letting artists make money off of selling tickets. I started, mm-hmm. you know, I never, I never made people pay to play. I always made artists pull their weight. Like, if your name is not going to sell tickets, then yeah, your hand is. Yeah. I, I don't even yeah like there's nothing i'm not mm-hmm. having that argument with anybody so yeah. you know jay-z's name sells tickets your mm-hmm. hand sells tickets so yeah, yeah i like that one that's how you're gonna get the opportunity otherwise it's not there isn't an opportunity i'm sorry like right?
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know but i made. i always made a lot of money off of selling tickets for other people mm-hmm. you know there is a few times like i just said where you know people gave me $500 for making them 30 grand but you know <laughs> yeah. there, there's there's other times where you know I, I made a great cutoff of selling tickets yeah. so you know that was that was like my first taste of it and then it was like I bought a couple shows from a couple good people and they're like okay cool let's put you on a tour yeah. and then it kind of went from there and then I started touring and I started mm-hmm. building relationships and markets and I started going back to those markets and you know, my mine was like a my grind has been like a, a different different type of grind. It's been like a you know, get on the road, bust a record that way, yeah. Get in people's faces, try to bust a record that way. You know, I've had a little bit of success at radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some big features, but they're like legacy features and like stuff that I just wanted to do. Not yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not
1: the shit that was like, Hey, you need to do this, let's put that out. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So it was just stuff I kinda always wanted to do myself. Mm-hmm. um but yeah like it's it's a different type of hustle for me it's a it's a real business
0: yeah when you consider yourself somebody like uh Tech nine
1: I mean I know Tech well like we've been touring tech in Canada for seven years so yeah. Tech's business um their model their their actual company is unmatched like I yeah. had never seen that level of professionalism the amount of people that he employs the amount okay. of stuff they own from tractor mm-hmm. trailers to you know the mercedes sprinter vans to Q yeah. vans to practice facilities to their merch facility you know their stuff is unmatched it's different yeah. you know? and my um one of my partners that i work with was actually telling me the other day him and tech are really close like they vacation together and like okay not like music stuff like they're friend friends mm-hmm. um i don't even think they ever talk music business but right. he, he helps me with my music but Mm-hmm. He met Tech through going to shows and stuff, right? So, whatever they, they they traveled together and stuff. And he said Tech told him for years he was performing in front of like five, ten people. Yeah. In these markets, and now it's like Tech's performing in front of three thousand people. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I seen Tech's price go from here to here. Like, it, he he's a he's a different breed. If you know, yeah. I guess my my hustle would be similar to like classifieds. You know, okay. work ethic on the road, um, you know, his. But my stuff's like the F- Floyd Mayweather play where it's like I'm the artist, I'm the boxer, I'm the promoter, and I'm trying to be the broadcast station. Yeah,
0: <laughs> straight 100%. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the only play. Like, I mean, I'm not saying there's not other opportunities in this country, but mm-hmm. I'm in the real, real music business where people really do business.
0: Yeah something I want to ask you also when it comes to you will you say you're an artist slash businessman or a businessman slash artist
1: I'm an artist slash businessman but it's crazy because my business is probably bigger than my artistry yeah because and that's for people that you know I'm not saying I'm not a big artist but I don't have a I don't have a number one billboard record I have an album that went number three on billboard I have <laughs> a record that broke the top 10 at chr radio okay you know i've got records on youtube with 10 million views and, and and shit like that but i don't have like certified smash hits like i'm not like a baby or uh, a little baby or a drake or or whatever mm-hmm. but then the business i do is bigger than a lot of the people i'm even speaking on
2: so it's, I it, it's,
1: it's strange it's it's hard Mm-hmm. Because it's like I only started doing this business so I could rap.
2: Yeah.
1: Or so I could create opportunities for myself as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had I had probably the best music conversation I've ever had in my life today with somebody. Uh he's a writer, um, he's an engineer, or he's a he's a writer and a producer, but like in Canada alone, mm-hmm. he probably got 60 gold records and platinum records.
2: Okay.
1: I don't even want to get into it cuz I literally yeah. just plugged myself in but you would not believe the amount of people he wrote for. Yeah. You like it, it, and to me that's a new side of things I don't know a lot about that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, me and him had the same conversation where it was like I'm good. I'm in a good position. I'm in a great place. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm able to to maneuver and, and do whatever I want and, you know, I have a great career but I don't have great music. I have good music. I don't have certified smashes, yeah. and if I had certified smashes, I'd be fifty thousand a night because I know what to do with it. I own the booking agencies who bring everybody here, so you know. And and that's even a lot for me to be saying, but mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. And if I didn't think I was capable of it, I wouldn't be doing all this. Like I really love music so much, like. Like I said, my next project's called 23 and a half. Yeah. So basically that stands for 23 and a half hours in a day to get 30 minutes on stage. So I work you. I work for 23 and a half hours just to get that 30 minutes.
0: Got you. Got you. Because that's what since we're there, let's get into this new project that you have coming up right now. Because that was gonna be the first thing I was gonna ask you to explain the name and how you even came up with the name. You know what I mean? So it's basically you're working 24 hours, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I'm basically saying like, you know, people don't understand how much business goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't, a lot of people do, but there's, you know, it takes a lot for me to put a tour together with my partners or with, you know, other companies, Live Nation, or Mm -hmm. um, before before whatever they're doing with this Ticketmaster stuff, that ain't got nothing to do with me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) But you know, it, it takes a lot of work to put a tour together or mm-hmm. or a show or get a feature done properly. Like, you know, it's just really showing people that I have to work 23 and a half hours on in a day mm-hmm. to get 30 minutes on stage. Like that's you know, yeah. that's really what it is. And it's like, you know, everybody knows I do a lot of business. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, you know, um, I'm I'm deep into that side of things. So I think it's just trying to show people a little bit more. And then the next project after this is called Inside the Music. Okay. So they kind of, there's like a method
0: to the madness. Yeah, they lead one leads into the other. Yeah. You know what I mean, you told them this is the name of the project coming out, 23 and a half. And then this is what it leads into right here. This yeah. is what I mean by 23 and a half right here. Exactly. Yeah, because I've seen some stuff you've been putting out on your Instagram page and you've been giving everybody a snippet. Of the behind the scenes what it is that you've really been through from the beginning when you went to jamaica the first time to meet sizzla when you're with tretch when you were on tour and all of these stuff here now so the fact that you even have that documented somewhere is amazing
1: yeah i got everything bro like like everything like i was on tour with tech nine before my tour my my uh van we were driving we Mm -hmm. flipped it six times on the highway and yeah. I made I made the person who was driving was my camera guy. And as soon as yeah. we as soon as we stopped and we crashed, like as soon as we got out, I made him grab the camera and film it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my tour footage with 50 Cent. I got my tour footage with Snoop Dogg. I got my tour footage with corrupt and Daz. Yeah. I got you know shows with French. I got yeah. y- studio sessions with Jadakiss. Studio sessions with YG. Studio sessions with D12, Cali Swag, uh, the Locks, um, you know sizzla in, in Jamaica and King Jammy's Studio, like you know, and that Sizzla shit is crazy because yeah. people don't people don't know the story behind that. So it's like, and I have tons of stories. So it's like yeah. the story behind the Sizzler record will blow people's minds. Like, let's talk about that Sizzla story.
0: Do you know? Yeah, I've heard a piece of it, but yeah. I haven't heard the whole
1: story. So, a big DJ who me and you both know, okay, who's a good friend of mine, and and okay. I respect him very highly. This is not his fault at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I basically I paid to get a Sizzler feature. Okay, so like anybody would, I paid for him to do. I paid for him to do a hook on a record I had. Mm-hmm. Got the record back. Record was hot. Put the record together with my producer um it ends up starts playing on local radio stations radio stations it's playing it's moving i get a much i get a much fat grant for the record yeah okay much fat yeah back then in 2010 was big money
0: come on boss.
1: yeah 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 so i get i get like that's one of my first much facts too so i get i get the bag from them mm-hmm. so my manager's like bro we got to go to jamaica we got to get we got to tell your man we got to get to sizzler yeah I'm like no problem So he can't get us to Sizzler for some reason. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: God knows why. So we we find the right person. Yeah. They get on the phone with me, and they're like, that's a good record. Mm -hmm. That's not (laughs) Sizzler. What? Bro, and I'm telling you, the biggest reggae DJs in the city were playing this record. Yeah. Name name the three biggest reggae DJs in the city. They were all playing The biggest radio station at that time, they were playing it. Yeah. So I'm a kid, bro. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm
1: I'm done. I'm thinking my whole career is shot. <laughs> right? I'm like a white boy just popped up with a fake Sizzler record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm thinking is I'm I'm a rap. Like it's, I'm off. It's, it's over. So these guys are like, "Yo, that's not Sizzler. This is Sizzler's right hand." He's like, "We would never say a woman tastes sweet." Yeah. <laughs> Like, just, we, that was, the first, that was our, the first giveaway. That was it. He was yeah. like, like, "We would not the first woman in that sense." For me, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you guys are talking about. Like, I'm like, what do you guys mean? It's not true, bro. I paid for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My man, yeah. my man's, my man's. A, a, I thought my man was official, so I'm like okay. super confused at this point. So they're like, "Yo, listen, mm-hmm. come to Jamaica. Yeah, redo the record with us, and we'll shoot the video for the new record with you." Yeah. So I'm like, first thing smoking, I'm in Kingston.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So me and and three other people, my my manager and two video guys, we head to Kingston uh, with Rockman Dunbar from Prison Break. You remember him? Yeah. Uh, And Sizzler's publicist set it all up for us. Okay. And and we went down there, and and I show up to Sizzler's house, his first one, the one that burned down, that that was like Mm -hmm. really famous. Mm -hmm. Well, I show up there, there's like 100 guys. And they're like, so yo, where'd you get this this (laughs) record from? I'm like, I can't I can't even throw the man under the bus like that. But bro, I'm talking about like I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at people like, yo, what the fuck did really? I myself into? Like I'm in Kingston yeah. you now trying to explain where I bought a fake Sizzler record. Like yeah. It doesn't even make sense. So then Sizzler shows up like three hours later. We're there yeah. at his house and he basically loves me. Like yeah. we because now I put him on the game, right? Like i told him what was really going on like i showed Mm -hmm. him the whole play every in and out how i bought it who i bought it who my guy bought it from because it wasn't my guy who did nobody nothing yeah because bro i'm telling you right now if you go back and listen to the two versions yeah you don't even know what i'm talking about
0: yeah no the funny thing with it it's i caught a piece of the story somewhere and it's like i had no clue what you were talking about yeah
1: and they don't it doesn't sound it's so crazy that it don't for real So, Sizzla drove me to King Mm Jammy's. We we recorded with John John with with Jammy's son. Um, We re-recorded my song, and then we did two more songs for Sizzla's albums. Okay, and then we spent like three days together in Judgment Yard and going back and forth. Like I was staying in Kingston in a hotel, and then I go back and forth his houses, studios, Mm -hmm. whatever. And we just got close. And I mean, the the video did really well on. Yeah. On hype over there and um, IRE FM and in mm-hmm. here did well too. And you know, our next record did really well over there. Like, people in Jamaica, like, everybody knows who I am. Like, okay. it's it's crazy in, in, in Kingston because, like, on, even on a wave, my record on a wave, bro, on a wave, yep, on a wave was on hype TV by itself. Like, ain't nobody on that's not a reggae record, yeah, no, 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 yeah, so. No, you know, Sizzler did a lot for me over there and it, it was crazy. We just had a really good relationship because I was super honest with him. Mm-hmm. I kept it a buck with him. Like I was the one who was getting fucked. And nobody else was getting yeah. fucked over. Like I'm here to make this right, but I'm here yeah. to make it right because somebody got me. Yeah. So, you know, I nonetheless, after that, we were extremely cautious with everything we did. Um, but actually it was crazy, bro. I thought my career was over.
0: Wow, the fact I'm telling you, I didn't know. So you guys went down, re-recorded, and then re-released the song? No, no, just
1: the new version, bro. When I tell you the radio was playing, <laughs> yeah, the radio was playing the record. Yeah. at that time, everybody who was bringing you mixtapes, yeah. that record was on it. Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. who was playing mix shows, they were playing the other record. <laughs> and you know me, I'm not getting commercial radio. So, and like, bro, that shit got CHR radio too. Okay, that that record has like, if you go back, you can see it's got something like 1,700 spins at commercial radio. Yeah, so, and you know the difference between urban radio and commercial radio is 100. It's not even comparable, mm-hmm. especially in Canada. But yeah, so the other record was playing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I'm not going to call somebody and be like, yeah, Yo, you guys want to pull that record? Like, <laughs> well, I, I held this until like last yeah. year. I didn't yeah. tell- okay. And then and then I was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> like, I can start telling people about some of the fucked up shit that happened to me.
0: <laughs> that's so crazy, though. That's crazy right there.
1: But you know? that, going back to that's what the inside the music is about. Mm-hmm. Inside the music is about touring with people. It's about you know me being on the Much Music Awards red carpet with a hundred different cameramen, and not one of them's looking at me. And I'm like, I just feel like an asshole. Like it's about you know mm-hmm. showing you know that before I had shows with ten thousand people that I was responsible for. I'm on my knees crying the night before, like praying that the show works. Like because if it doesn't, that's me. It's not, y'all ain't taking that hit. Like, my whole shit's done. Like, I put yeah. my life, I put, like, not my life, but I put my career on the line almost every time I moved because, okay. because I love and, and, and was so in drenched or like in into what I'm doing that I really put everything up every time I go. So, it, it's that's what that series is about. It's about showing people how much you really got to put on the line. And, like, you know, people always say an overnight success is 10, 15 years.
0: Come on, you know this already. There's no such thing as somebody that, if somebody woke up today and they got success tomorrow, believe you me, by the third day, you're not hearing about them anymore. It was quick in and out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, I've been, sometimes it's hard to judge success, but like, I mean, I've been successful for a minute, but you know, there's certain things that I want more. Like, you know, like, you know, I got records that are 1,000, 2,000 records away from being gold. I've had records on Billboard. I've, had records with CHR. I, I could tour this country for sure, but some nights, if I could tour by myself, I mean for sure. But some nights I may be performing for 10 people, like mm-hmm. other people are. And then other nights I might be performing for 300 people. So, you know, for me, I like teaming up with bigger artists because I still don't have a bunch of hit records. Like everybody knows I'm on a wave. Yeah. You know, but I'm realistic because I'm an agent and I'm a promoter. So I know that Peter Jackson's worth. This amount here, this amount
0: here, and he ain't worth shit in this city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, like, you, under, you understand how this game is played now, opposed to just, listen, I'm $10,000 a show. I don't care what you say. It could be in Spain or it could be downtown Toronto. I want $10,000 a show. But since you're in the game now, you understand how it really works behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the moment you make money with someone is, is, is the first time you make money with them. You'll make money another 100 times. Mm-hmm. The moment you take money from somebody is the last time you'll ever touch them. Yeah. So you know, and and anybody that knows me mm-hmm. knows that that I'm about doing what I'm supposed to do and showing improving every time.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that makes total sense, and I know you've done a gazillion tours. Either you guys have put them together as a company, or you've been performing on them. Also, yeah. give me three of your craziest experiences on tour on what tours were they? Mm, um,
1: one would definitely be crashing on the tech nine tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we were on a highway in Calgary and we flipped, uh, we hit like slush and we mm-hmm. flipped like six times in one of those jimmies, yeah. but we had a roof rack full of our, like a camper, uh, mm-hmm. on top of the car and that saved us cause everything caved in or whatever. Um, so that was really crazy and I had never flown before till I crashed and then when I crashed I had to fly home okay so the tech nine tour that that crashing was probably one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one time ghostface and like chic Looch and like killer priest and like all their managers my manager everybody's coming out of like three elevators in this really yeah. nice hotel. Uh, everybody's coming up to their rooms at like three in the morning. I'm already upstairs laying on the floor with two yeah. fire extinguishers. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody came out of the, of the elevator and I let off the two fire extinguishers and smoked out the whole floor. <laughs> and you guys are going fucking crazy because some of them have lung problems. Mm. Everybody was like, yo, these guys all wanted to fight me. They wanted, to- <laughs> I just thought it was like the funniest shit in the world. I'm like, yeah. I'm like this is mad funny. Like, and they're like, nope. this guy got lung problem." I'm like, oh, my bad, man. That shit. You yeah. Know? So, um, and then um, touring with Riff Raff was fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I knew so you know, would say that. I'm a white boy. Yeah. But I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> No way, and I'm well, and I'm well trained in being a white boy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: and
1: and I couldn't keep up. Like every night, like I I thought, I thought I was gonna die. Like, yeah, we did like 26 shows together. I thought I was gonna die like 15 nights in a row,
0: and that was right across Canada.
1: That was that was a big tour, man. Yeah, of Of course it was. was 26 shows. That's a lot of shows in Canada. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, a good tour in Canada is 10 to 12 shows.
0: So how were you able to fit him into Canada through a 26 tour show? Because he, I guess you understand the demographics? He understands the demographics. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing is, you gotta
1: understand about Canada is, if you start in Victoria, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta go to Nanaimo, cause you're on the island. Then mm-hmm. you gotta go back to Vancouver, then you're going through Kelowna, then you're going through Nelson maybe. Then you're going through Calgary. When you're going to Edmonton, you might be passing Red Deer. Like, I could be wrong about how I'm saying it, but yeah. about Canada, is like there's always smaller markets in between bigger markets. Like, you got to go through Thunder Bay to get back to Toronto and Sault, yeah. Saint- and Sault Ste. Marie and all these places. So you can have a night off, or you can go play Sault Ste. Marie for 250 people.
2: Yeah.
1: Or you can go to Thunder Bay and play for 600 people, or you could pay for your hotels on your day off. Which one do you want? So some people are really smart, mm-hmm. and some people don't have a fucking clue what they're doing, and they just think that every show is fifty thousand, and they're an idiot. But a guy like Riff Raff is very intelligent. He gets it. Riff Raff, if you pay attention to him, you understand how calculated he is. Mm-hmm. He is a very smart guy. He's Rich as hell. Like, yeah,
2: okay.
1: You know, he tours like crazy. His tours are his. He's in control of his own his own stuff. You know, he's got people on his team and stuff, but. You know he gets it. We did we did some good runs with him.
0: Yeah, riff raffle. I know these are your. We're talking about successful tours now. Now I know that you had a show, a tour that you guys were doing with um the game, that that completely imploded last minute. Tell us about something like that now, because everybody sees when you're on tour having fun, but nobody sees when it comes down to the ninth hour and everything implodes. Talk about that game tour.
1: Yeah, that shit. See, when I was a baby, like when I was like. 18 i had actually bought as a promoter Mm -hmm. i had bought two of the the game shows okay Um, the first on the first tour the first time he was coming with another agency yeah and they had problems at the border where uh i believe don't quote me but his paperwork wasn't done or maybe it was the same issue that i'm about to tell you now but either way he didn't get into the country and i was one of the promoters so i lost my deposits mm-hmm. at that point. And that promoter actually, you know, took care of what he was supposed to, cause it was his responsibility, whatever. Um, so, but now come around to this time to the last year, when we tried to bring the game, mm-hmm. there's, there's certain paperwork you have to do to get people in the country. It was the same paperwork that we did for Gucci man. And that's how he got in the country. Mm-hmm. So with the game, we did the paperwork, the, the lawyers, the immigration lawyers believed it was one of their strongest, um cases whatever and basically the um the embassy if if that's the Mm. word for it in canada the embassy had their reasons why they denied the game okay his his immigration was done yeah it was there was there was select there was specific reasons that they gave us and they gave him he knows what they were and so do we okay why they denied his paperwork Mm And the thing that the embassy should understand, and they do a lot of times, but, you know, it was their choice. Like at the end of the day, it is Mm -hmm. up to their discretion. 100%. Everything is done correctly. Like, bro, I'm talking about like big money was paid for his paperwork. Not just just by my company. Every promoter that bought those shows knew there was a chance we would lose what we had to pay for paperwork to get him in the country. Mm -hmm. But you gotta understand, clubs are affected, bartenders are affected, promoters are affected, um, club owners are affected, fans are affected, the artist is affected, my company's affected, the food that was being sold that night is affected. It, it, there's everybody, thousands and thousands of people that are affected by a canceled tour, Your and head. it just it didn't work out. And I mean, everything was done correctly for him this time, mm-hmm. and there was it was more like a personal, you're not coming. Like that's how I feel. I know what they said, and yeah. I mean, it's not my business to put out there what they said. For sure. Um, but it was bullshit with him. Like it should have happened. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, when people are like, "Oh, this person can't get into the country," like, bro, we've got people in this country with with murders on their yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got people that beat murders in on their rap sheets. It's all about doing the correct paperwork, and you as a person have to handle certain things professionally mm-hmm. and you know everybody said gucci couldn't get in and then drake got all the credit for bringing gucci in but that was my i did that like my company yeah. did that
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, go, we're gonna get into that as soon as we're done with game we're yeah, getting man, gucci, yeah. so.
1: you know it, it it's it's weird like you know styles p needed this same paperwork mm-hmm. tretch from naughty by nature needs that same paperwork mm-hmm. buster rhymes needs that same paperwork um YG needs that paperwork there's so many people and this is the thing there's been great promoters and great agencies that came before me that did all this stuff Mm -hmm. but there is some people that don't do it and then there's sometimes that the border just whoever you got was like i don't care about your temporary residence permit you're not coming
2: yeah
1: we don't you you know you're a you're a gang member you're a you you, look oh you have a dui you're not coming i don't care about the fifty thousand dollars that you just spent to come here you're not coming you know, or you got child support payments, you're not coming. There's certain little things that they won't let go. Yeah. And there is times when you do the right things that you're fine. And like, you know, it's like that. Necro from Necro is a is a rapper and we had a we had a hell of a time getting him in. Mm-hmm. You know, we got my old managers of one that got Ghostface in for the first time in 20 years. You know, I got mob deep in. Yeah, I had I Havoc's last tour before before Prodigy passed. Like mm-hmm. I sat courtside of the basketball game with him and a couple of good friends that are promoters. And, you know, so he got in. So it's the thing is, like, with us, our success rate was 100 percent before the game. We knew what we were doing with the game, though. We knew it was a massive, massive risk Mm -hmm. and we took it. Yeah. But we thought, Mm -hmm. I still can't believe it didn't happen
0: yeah <laughs> everything was the t's were crossed the eyes were dotted and then yeah. you went back and double crossed them again and double dotted those eyes you no
1: know, boy i told game and his manager right to their face in la yeah. that i knew the person that could get them into canada yeah. and they were like no you can't i'm like yeah no a thousand percent i'm yeah. about to put you on the phone with them right now yeah. and they were like if you get us into canada we got you yeah and i couldn't get him in
0: Crazy. And then when did everything, when was the decision made on that tour where they weren't allowing him to come in? Was that right before the, to- the tour was supposed to start?
1: No, it wasn't that close. We were about mm-hmm. a month
0: away. Oh, but Okay. So then that's still, that means you put a, you dumped a lot of money in already, but yeah. it still saves you a month. You still have some time to salvage certain things, but there's certain no. costs that you will not no. recoup.
1: No. Mm-hmm. It's Toronto, bro. Ain't nobody be yeah. mine back. Like it's you know, you you put a lot of money out on radio ads. You got venue deposits. You got people you paid to promote. You got yeah. DJs that still got to be taken care of. You know, you got
0: yeah. You had brought up one other point there. We were speaking about the game, and then you also mentioned the Gucci Man tour. That was an epic, epic, epic tour. How did that even come about, and why would you even think to bring? Gucci of all people were. I don't think before that he's ever been in the country before.
1: No, I don't think but but before we were attempting to do it, I don't think he's ever been here. Yeah. Um another agent that that my company works with, that like kind of was like a freelance agent, had his own company, but like we worked with him a bunch of times. Okay. Um, he had a relationship with Gucci. So mm-hmm. he brought it to us and he was like, Hey, I you know i want to i want to get this done and i, I want to bring gucci can you guys get him into the country yeah and we we were like we definitely can get him into the country um we knew his charges were done and we knew everything was whatever so we were like yeah let's bring him yeah excuse me so we put it together um and and yeah it was all set everything was good and nobody believed he could get into the country yeah so now you've got all this hesitation um you've got everybody speaking saying he can't get into canada um and it was really big at that time because one game just didn't get in um and there was a lot going on so it was like a big hot topic and then he had that line i got felonies or something i can't get into canada call drake whatever it was
2: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so then
1: everybody was talking about that too and they were like oh this guy's never gonna get in you know all this stuff and then basically yeah that's how it worked and and we had his tour and um sorry i'm so move this for you no problem um so yeah then we, we we basically set it up like that and he was coming and then there was so much doubt with mm-hmm. people um and fans that the promoter was like yo this is this isn't making sense mm-hmm. so the promoter told us you know we got to figure something out. So then the person who was really behind the tour and helping my company put it together with us, Mm -hmm. um, we brought Gucci into Canada and he, it was his idea. He goes, let's put him at the basketball game at game six or game five. Um, I was still on the road with Snoop Dogg. So he was like, you know, I'm going to go to the basketball game with him and put him courtside so everybody can see that he gets in. Mm -hmm. And then at that point we'll announce the new dates for Gucci and everything will be good to go. Got you. Well, we did that, and then Drake brought him for OVO. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: what?
1: <sighs> Smart yeah. business. Smart business. I'm not <laughs>
2: I'm He's bad. here,
0: I'm, he's I'm here already, right?
1: <laughs> I'm glad I didn't get any credit. <laughs>
0: so then that's why, I guess that's why a lot of people confuse and say that Drake was the one that really got him into the country.
1: Yeah, they didn't get him in. It, it, his his Gucci's lawyers, our mm-hmm. lawyers, and, and our companies together did mm-hmm. it. had nothing to do with anybody else.
0: Yeah, but you, you happened to be here already.
1: They're friends. They were at the yeah. basketball. Like he goes to the basketball game. Who's he calling? He's calling Drake.
0: Yeah,
1: like you know, at this point, he doesn't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. He he might know. You know, he might know me as the guy who owns the company. But it's not like. I'm not running artists down either. I don't move like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I'm not saying anybody else does, I'm saying yeah. I do not move like that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm just, if I'm there, I'm there. If I'm in the mix, I'm in the mix. But, you know, I was on tour with Snoop and and this was going on and, you know, all the power to the other agent and, you know, my partners who who made it happen and, mm-hmm. you know, our companies did a great job getting it done. But I mean, that's the business. I mean, him and Drake are friends but you know, right. he, it, it just makes sense. Like, it's not something like Drake took – he didn't directly take the credit, but everybody gave it to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I understand those type of situations. It's like – and you're not going to shut it down either because it's not really your fault. No, it's just one of those things where we understand. When we see each other, we'll not in whatever the case is. But right now, we'll just push this one side and keep it moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would think that Drake knows what I did. Yeah, and 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 I mean that's not important to me anyway. It's not important mm. about people think that I'm winning or think that I did something good or, or something like that. It's actually about winning. Yeah, one hundred percent. The tour didn't happen. That's what matters yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I understand. You know what? I thought the tour did happen. No, it didn't. It didn't happen.
1: No, the promoter, the promoter just didn't want to go through with it because there was a lot of doubt with fans
0: Yeah,
1: like there there really was. And I mean, he made a business decision and decided to, to not move forward with it because there was, you know, all this naysaying going around, around it. And, you know, that's a lot of work. Like it was one promoter that had the whole tour and he was a really, really serious businessman. And, you know, he just cut his, cut his losses and cut the tour. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
1: we're the, we're the agency. We do what we're told. You know, I I was on the I was on the tour as an artist, Mm -hmm. so I definitely can't be like, hey, let's fucking continue and do a Peter Jackson Stadium tour. (laughs) Hey, don't worry guys. Gucci's Gucci's not coming. (laughs) It's just fucking Peter and the boys. You know, like yeah. So I mean it is what it is. And Mm -hmm. it's not something I mean the Raptors won that series to me that is a hundred times more important than People being like, yo, Peter put Gucci, and got Gucci in the candidates for the first time. I mean, if I meet Gucci, I'll tell him. Yeah. But I mean, other than that. Mm-hmm. Really,
0: no, really That's cur- a lot of people don't understand how serious this business is because there's one story that I tell people all the time. This is actually the first time I'm actually telling you this story. I remember one year you guys had brought in um, Lloyd Banks. You brought him to Oshawa Music Hall. I think this was probably on a Saturday. He was lukewarm. He was okay. It was Lloyd Banks. He was still living off of the G unit from these time, but that had died down a while ago. You see the next day he left and went to um, Hot 97, not, not Summer Jam. That was when 50 Lloyd Banks and it was G unit that came up and they were hot again. All of a sudden, the next day, the next really? day, the next day, you guys had them here. I think it was like a Saturday night. It was Okay. The Sunday, they went to Summer Jam, and they were the hottest thing for the next couple of months. It was so crazy. Like, What's the chances of this shit, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I remember that, because they came. I had a studio in, like, The Trap at that time, mm-hmm. and, they, and they came. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It was, it was a Saturday, right?
0: Yeah, and the next day, they went to go back and look. You'll see the next day, they went to Summer Jam, and I think that's probably when... Um, they got into the confrontation on stage yeah. with Slowbox. Yeah. yeah. The next day, they were hot again. I said, this is this is fucked up.
1: Yeah. Bro, I'm, a, I'm bringing 50, 50 coming. I'm doing a 50 Canadian tour.
0: So we're getting the exclusive right here?
1: Well, wow. I mean, he might have to tell 50. He doesn't know that. <laughs> 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 no, it's, not, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. We're, We're working on it. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. We're working on it. I'm just putting it in the air a little bit sooner than I should, but. All right. Is
0: is there anything else coming up that you could talk about right now?
1: No. I, I I mean, we pushed so many tours right now with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we pushed the tour with Ritz, Mm -hmm. we pushed the tour with um, Insane Clown Posse, Mm -hmm. Um, we pushed uh, a really big tour, a really big stadium tour.
2: Okay. Um
1: yeah, there's like three or four other runs. I don't wanna put it out there before they're announced, but like, yeah, okay. literally we postponed like seven Canadian tours.
0: It's crazy. So it's just tours. ah man. And the thing I, I like with you is you know how to go from one end of this from one end of the country to the other end of the country and, and leave no partner. stone unturned.
1: She's smart. My partner, yeah. my, my partner. Um I got a few a few partners and a few people that work with us, but Um, my partner, Valerie is, is she's the one when it comes to the paperwork and the routings and stuff, Mm -hmm. she's, you know, me more or less, I have a a lot of relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of times I set things up and she knocks them down.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I want to get into some of your features also, because I know you, we touched on it earlier, but you featured with basically almost everybody you've done a tour with almost you have features with them also. So what does it feel like? Actually, growing up listening to Jada Kiss and start rapping on Jada Kiss as a freestyle to now meeting Jada Kiss, that locks at everybody, and actually having official features with them.
1: Um, I like those guys a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely grew up on those guys, but those mm-hmm. guys are some of the most loyal and real people I've ever met through the through the hip hop industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sheik Louch was the first person to text me and call me when my daughter was born, like before any of my friends. He was a first. Okay. Me. Um. I literally just hit Sheik yesterday or the day before. They just put out a new record called Loyalty or something. Okay. And Sheik's um, wife is a, a, a nurse in New Jersey, New York area. Mm-hmm. And so I hit him up to be like, you know, prayers and thoughts with your wife. I know she's out there like working and it's so crazy out there right now. So, um, and then I was just like, yo, this verse or whatever, but it was like, it's cool because those are literally like, I know they know because they've known yeah. me since I was 17. Yes. Yeah. So the, I was definitely kind of acted like a fan when I was first around them. But like, you know, Styles, Chic, Kiss, those guys were, for me, that was crazy. And mm-hmm. especially with Kiss, because Kiss was my favorite rapper. You know, Chic was like, you know, one of, a friend. He's like a real friend. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kiss, it was, it was like, I wake up on the tour bus and I'd be like, fucking J.D. Kiss sitting there smoking blunt. I'm like 19 years old being like, Yeah, what the fuck is going on? And How it's like, it's, it's my tour. It's not it's his tour. It's it's definitely Jada Kiss tour, mm-hmm. but I booked the tour. Yeah, I'm on the tour.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm winning or losing every night. Like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this shit crazy. Like I'm on the tour bus with Jada Kiss. So, you know, that's really crazy. And certain people, you know, it's who you grew up on. And a lot of times, you know, I had this conversation with somebody who's really big in the business today. Mm-hmm. it's really big and like i said you in writing and producing this stuff and um he said to me he's like you seem to just work with whoever the fuck you want like, you <laughs> yeah. don't work with like who people tell you to work with mm-hmm. and i'm like nah i do records like i do things based on wants not needs yeah and that's not always the smartest business move mm-hmm. but you know like i did a record with naughty by nature i didn't up on naughty by nature that's just way yeah. before <laughs> my time when it like, was like, yeah is before my time, but mm-hmm. I really like their music and Tretch is like Tretch and Vinny have become like my uncles. Like Tretch is, Tretch is like anytime those guys come to the city, I'm with them because I enjoy being around them. There's tours I run where I don't go anywhere near the artist because I okay. think they're, they're a goof. Yeah. Or I just, we, we didn't, it was just strictly business. There's no need for me to be there or maybe we don't get along or whatever. It's just business sometimes. So, but then is. there's then there's people like Naughty by nature even if like i didn't book them for the joe carter classic joe carter mm-hmm. did but i mm-hmm. still went with them because yeah. i i actually enjoy being around them i don't you know joe carter classic is a really dope event there's so many cool people there it's for a great cause yeah but like i went to hang out with them
2: because yeah. like,
1: i like being around trench and like my boy that yeah. came to me is like bro i ain't even know trust was like that like mm-hmm. like boy these guys are mad cool like that's why i like being around them like he's Yeah. He acts like I'm the cousin that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, (laughs) You know, I I like these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's certain relationships that I have that are really good. And then, bro, there's people over the years that, like, we can't be in the same room. And I've done crazy amounts of business with them. Just we don't get along.
0: Yeah. It is what it is. You know, they serve a purpose. And what purpose they serve, it works for all parties involved. It's just Let's, let's not get together.
1: A thousand percent.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. There's relationships that work where we can hang out and relationships where, we listen, we do business yeah. and go home. I'll see you in the next city. You'll get your money. I'll go home. We don't need to hang out.
1: That's happened more than twice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's happened. And, you know, there's,
1: be- I know that there's, you know, it's just, that's, that's what it is. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not in it to, to be everybody's best friend. I'm in this yeah. to. That build a career, do things the right way, and mm-hmm. I really love hip hop music. Like yeah. I really love music, and um, I really believe in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's about taking care of my DJ. It's about taking care of my tour manager, my managers, my mm-hmm. partners, my family, myself. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so yeah. No, Peter, you're one of the realest in the game right now. Just your thought process, because we've talked many of times, but we've never sat down and really had a conversation this in depth. But to know what's in your mind and how real you are, it's amazing to see that. And a lot of people, they figure, okay, I've been in the game for 10 years, and they figure time makes them into the monster. It has nothing to do with time, you know. You know what I mean? It's about work that you put in and where you just happen to be. And you understand and you own your position in the game right now. That's what's amazing.
1: Thank you, bro. I'm trying. I mean, it's definitely a young boy's game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been a young boy's game. But I just said this shit today to somebody, too. It's like Canadians are like 10 years behind Americans, infrastructure-wise, everything-wise. Like, you know, right now, Toronto's got some of the hottest artists in the world on Mm -hmm. on the massive scale. And then we got kids that are coming up. It's like their first, second year rapping, third year rapping. Their Mm -hmm. buzzes and numbers are bigger than people who make $20,000 a night. Yeah, And, you know, those kids are great artists maybe you know going to be even bigger artists going to be even bigger business wise like you see these kids getting money you see these mm-hmm. kids getting streams you see them getting hits you know it's just the infrastructure and the business lacks that's not their fault yeah that's that's the infrastructure but then the infrastructure is a lot better now than it ever was you got star maker you got factor you got ontario arts council mm-hmm. you got flow you got your outlet you got two line or you got um play the record you Mm -hmm. got promoters you have you know rap season you have me you have frontline you have all these different outlets that that are huge that are starting you can't really blame the infrastructure anymore yeah because it is it is there there is opportunities for people and these kids are selling out venues these Mm -hmm. you, you know so it's 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 a little bit of a different game for yeah. for some of those kids, and then you know you got some artists that aren't allowed to perform in the city because that's a police thing, and and I mean that's been going on. My big homies, the people yeah. that looked out for me, they weren't allowed to perform none of my shows. I can't, even, yeah. you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. I couldn't uh-huh. put their on anything. Uh-huh. I can't. I can't. You can't put. This has been going on forever. Yeah, this is not nothing new. Where you can't put certain people's names on shit. Like that's been mm-hmm. going on forever, and that's a fucking shame.
2: Yeah, for
1: everybody involved because it takes away money opportunity for these people to do good things, to change. Like, bro, if it wasn't for music, I already told you, I'd be gone. Yeah. I wouldn't be here. I don't know mm-hmm. where I would be, but I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And, and it wouldn't be good. That. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be good at all. Yeah. So, you know, if I was given that opportunity, everybody should be given that opportunity and, you know, Remix Project and this thing called Beat Cave that they have now and, you know, all these different things. Those are really good opportunities for people. Yeah. So, you know, we can't really blame the infrastructure. At this point, I think, you know, there's so many people doing huge things in the city, in the country. You know, Mercules in, in Vancouver is massive mm-hmm. in this country. Like, stupid big. Okay. And, like, stupid big. And people from Toronto, like, no disrespect mm-hmm. to yourself, but you mm-hmm. sound surprised, which is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, yeah.
1: Which is fucked up.
0: Because yeah. No, I got you.
1: You know, Winnipeg doesn't know what's going on in Toronto. And Toronto mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Toronto has no idea what's going on in BC. But BC got Mercules. They had mm-hmm. Sunreal, Real. They had Mad Child. They had Swollen Members.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: other people that came from there. You know, Winnipeg had kids coming out of there making 15000 a night.
0: I know exactly who you're talking about. Tattooed up. A white yeah, rapper, big, too. Yeah, of big course, bucks. guy. Of course, guy. Yes, yes, yes. He's... He has, like, over a million followers on um, he got IG like, right now and stuff. Yeah, yeah
1: something right, like yeah. that. It's yeah, like YouTube yeah. YouTube numbers are insane. Mm-hmm. His music mm-hmm. is, is crazy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but there's more than just him. There's there's kids in, you know, Winnipeg that are big. There's kids in Saskatoon that are dope. Mm-hmm. There's kids in Halifax that are dope. And it's like because our infrastructure is all over the place in the country, mm-hmm. Toronto don't know what's going on in Vancouver and Vancouver sure as hell don't give a fuck about yeah. Toronto. Okay. Like, it's 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 like that everywhere. And I can't say that they don't care, but hmm. you, you know it's different. It's there's a lot of separation in these markets, and you know yeah. it's the West Coast and the East Coast, or it's the West Coast and Central, or whatever it is. It's just different places, different things. But there's so many big artists in this country, and it's really dope. There's um the Canadian Hip Hop Awards are coming. Hmm. Um, I've had a couple conversations with the owners. Um, so I know that they're coming, they're called the CHA's Canadian Hip Hop Awards. Um, I think I think they're scheduled for December. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I mean, that will connect a lot of dots for people because it's gonna be big business. Like the things that they have lined up is is really, really big. And I like that because then the guys from Winnipeg are gonna get recognized. Like Brooklyn was the biggest rapper to ever come out of um me and Brooklyn had an album together. He came out of Winnipeg and you know, I wanted people in Toronto to know about him, but he was making like $15,000 a night for shows before he passed away. And nobody what? in Toronto knew who he was, bro. He came to Toronto
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the biggest gold chain you've ever seen yeah. in your the... life. <laughs> like, people were like, who the fuck is this kid? He's a rapper yeah. from Winnipeg. What are you guys talking about? I'm like, bro, he's the biggest native rapper in the country.
0: Crazy.
1: It's super big. And yeah. he passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, he was one of the biggest rappers in this country, you know? Mm-hmm. There's people all over the place. It's like, and that's what I like. And I know these people because I yeah. tour. Yeah. So I see them. When I go to Vancouver, the only person I hear about is Mad Child. Or the yeah. only person I hear about is Snack the Ripper. Or mm-hmm. the only person I hear about is Mercules. Or, you know, I go to Winnipeg and all I hear is Charlie Feta, John C, Um, Brooklyn. I go yeah. to, you know... This place, this is the person I hear about. Or you go to Calgary and you hear this name or, you know, like, it's like that everywhere. It's just Toronto is Toronto. They don't care about (laughs) anybody
0: else. Listen, we almost don't even care with what's going on past Scarborough or past, past Etobicoke.
1: Bro, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm from Ajax. Ain't nobody yeah. in Toronto fuck. Like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't pretend like I'm from yeah. I'm from Ajax. So I, it, it took a lot, it took a long time for the city to be like, okay, cool, whatever. He's yeah. talking over.
0: Yeah. He's from Ajax. He's not yeah. from the city.
1: Like, don't, let, don't, don't let somebody in the city hear me saying I'm from Toronto. Like, yeah, You know what I mean? I'm from Ajax. I'm 45 yeah. minutes east of the city. Like, mm. And I love AJ. I mean, it's tattooed on my wrist. People think I'm from Oshawa, so I'm always, yes. "No, I'm from Ajax." Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're at a halfway point between that's, that's not between Toronto point. and Oshawa. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Sure, I yeah, hope you want to
0: do it. But <laughs> you're not but, all the realtor.
1: But you know what I'm saying. So it's like yeah. you know, everybody just loves where they're from so much. Look at Scotians.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Scotians are like, classified as. The, the, the biggest thing in Nova Scotia but there's another 10 guys that are big like him not yeah. as big as him not even close but
2: okay
1: excuse me but there's a lot of big artists over there Jordans from there singer you know mm-hmm. there's uh Neon Dreams is from over there I think mm-hmm. and you know there's lots of big people re amazed from Nova Scotia and there's lots of big artists from there but like what I'm saying is Scotian scotians and people from Nova Scotia they're very fixated on Nova Scotia and what's going on there yeah. just like people from Toronto are very Toronto based Winnipeg same way they care about Winnipeg you know and yeah. Calgary and Edmonton like Edmonton there's like 100 rappers that are that are dope like it's crazy bro and like I yeah. know all this one of my best friends he just he just got 18 years but he was yeah. in Saskatoon and him and me were like two peas in a pod like that's my yeah. that's my brother brother like that's really my brother and it's like yeah i met him touring and then i got over to him this is crazy like what's going on here like this is my favorite place in the world now yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's so wild it's when you go again we're from toronto the big city i'm gonna group you and say you're basically because you're so close to toronto so it's like where are you right we're in our own cocoon where we're not looking outside of we're looking yes we're looking but we're looking south we're not looking East or west, we're looking south. What's going on in the states? Besides Toronto, we don't care what's going on out there.
1: No, mm-hmm. no. But in 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 the defense of not sounding like self-centered, okay, everybody's like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And 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 you know, it's it, it's crazy. But if you really open up and pay attention, there's a lot going on in this country.
0: Yeah. And how do you stay so plugged in and know? Who's hot and what's going on right across the country?
1: Um, it's my job to, to, to be plugged in. And I mean, I'm in these yeah. cities, so I know all yeah. the dope boys. Mm-hmm. When I touch the city, I know who's who's got the best weed. Yes. I know who's popping. I know what spots are popping, where I'm supposed to mm-hmm. be eating, who mm-hmm. I have to tap in with, who I shouldn't be tapping in with. Because I'm doing mm-hmm. features. I'm going to studios. I'm mm-hmm. doing after parties. I'm already plugged in with the promoter who bought the show. Um, you know, I'm the artist on the bill. I go to soundcheck. Somebody's there, the right person, and then I start going back to that city. I tap back in with them, you know, or if I like them or if they like, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just being in in these places, you meet people, and like, like I said, you like, you know, some of my my closest friends are people I met on tour.
0: Yeah, you know, you're you're right, and it being your job, it's a process. You got to be all the way plugged in, not halfway plugged in all the way plugged in, especially coming from an independent artist type of side and also as a promoter toward an agency. So you always have to know what's going on on the ground at all times.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. You have no choice.
0: Yeah. You really wow. Have. Yeah, man. Big dear. Let's get into some of your tracks off of your um, new project coming up, which is 23 and a half, right? Mm-hmm. I know one of the features you have coming up is something with Fetty Wap. Yeah. Let's talk about that one there.
1: Um, yeah, I got a record called, um, if it's you, Mm -hmm. uh, with Fetty Wap that was produced by Marley waters. Um, we we shot the video in Calgary during the great cup. Mm -hmm. Um, we performed, he brought me out and I performed with him at the, like the great cup stadium party. I've seen that. And and then, um, we shot the video and we just, me, me and Wap get along really well. Like we toured Canada together and then he brought me to Europe with him, Mm -hmm. um, and we just, like, I went to Europe by myself. No DJ, no tour manager, no hype yes. man, no yeah. manager. I went with his whole team because I knew me and him were cool. Like, we were, I like his team. Me and mm-hmm. him just got along well. Um, so it was, like, an easy transition for me to go with him. And, I mean, we just hit it off. Like, he did, he did everything we ever did. He did out of love. Like, he ain't never taxed me on. I mean it's business. Sometimes people just tax you cuz it's business. I do it to people.
0: Like, <laughs> it's business, bro. It's
1: business. But yeah. me and him like he's I fuck with him. I like him a lot. Like mm-hmm. he's good people. Yeah.
0: That's big deal. And how many tracks are there on this new project?
1: Um so I got to eat I got two EPs done right now. Mm-hmm. Um this project going to be like 6 7 records. It's going to come soon. Mm-hmm. I think sooner than later. I mean it wasn't going to and now it's going to. Yeah. Um I think that it just feels right. And um, I got a big record for, like, hit radio, CHR. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it just sucks. I can't shoot the video for – I can't shoot no more videos right now. I have the yeah. Fetty Watt video. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously with the social distancing, I don't want to be the asshole that gets caught shooting a video and then put on every media outlet in the country
0: <laughs> for, for
1: shooting the fucking yeah.
0: yeah. so, no, That's so wild. That's but what to
1: people- Somebody's gonna get caught and they're gonna be like rapper shoots video yeah. Ajax World Star
0: World Star six was six was you know Ajax, what I mean?
1: Ajax rapper gets arrested and fined fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Ajax rapper fined more than his video was right. you know. <laughs> it's so, so
0: crazy right now. So so crazy. But hopefully we'll get out of all of this shortly and we'll we get will. back to normal life. You know what I mean? And get the go. <laughs> One question I want to ask you before I get to this round call, Rapid Facts is what's the, because you're coming from mixtape era, now the thing that you hear everybody talking about, artists speaking about is EPs. What was the difference between a mixtape era to now to this EP Apostle Album? What's the, what's the real difference?
1: I mean, a mixtape was usually stuff you didn't own. Okay. Um, you know, for, for the American way of a mixtape was really what I was like. The New York style of a mixtape was Mm -hmm. rapping over other people's shit that you thought was hot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was like, you know, the first stuff I ever did. And then, I mean, EPs just, I feel like you can keep them more consistent Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's single based, everything is single based right now. Yeah. So, you know, the way that you push stuff to to streaming and into all these different outlets is like mm-hmm. pushing singles makes more sense than pushing a full project out at once because then you can focus on something. So I think mm-hmm. an EP gives you more of a chance to focus. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm in quarantine right now. I only got, I'm only giving you seven records. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what's all
0: right, that's all you're getting right there. I get you. I hear you loud and clear. All right, let's get into this round here called the rapid facts where I ask you some quick questions. You give me back some quick answers. Bam, bam, bam. Then I get you out of here, all right? Yeah. Let's go. When it comes to chicken wings, do you prefer drums or flats? Flats. Okay. What's your favorite color? Red. All right. Favorite basketball player of all time? <laughs> probably, probably
1: Larry Bird or or um Damar.
0: All right, good choice. Okay, most underrated artist of all time.
1: Most underrated artist. Mm-hmm. Damn, this ain't a rapid answer. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Pass,
0: yeah, pass. My last thing. Uh, something that comes to mind.
1: Um, Memphis Bleak.
0: Yeah, good answer. Okay, would you prefer one million in cash or a credit score of one thousand?
1: Credit scores don't go up to one thousand.
0: If it magically went up to one
1: thousand, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I, you know, I'm watching my shit hard. Um, <laughs> Uh, a million cash. I make the. I make the credit score work.
0: I hear you. Good answer. Okay. What was the last book you read or listened to? Forty-eight laws of power. Good one. Favorite movie of all time. Belly. Good one. One word that describes you best. Um. I
1: don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm funny when 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 we're close. Yeah. When I like something, I'm, I'm I'm a funny guy.
0: Yeah. All right. I can see that. You're cool. You're so chill, bro. Um, one physical thing you cannot live without. Uh, my kids. Okay, good one. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Um, my best friend mm-hmm. that I lost, Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Biggie Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh, either JFK Mm -hmm. or Princess Diana.
0: Good. That's a very eclectic mix. I like those answers there.
1: Be a good table. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Your favorite era in music? 2000s. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite TV show of all time? Favorite TV show, probably Entourage. Big show. Okay, and last one here. The best advice you've received and who was it from? Um,
1: It's not show friends, it's show business. From my first manager.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's big right there. That's the end of the rapid facts. Now we're right here where the floor is yours right now. Anything you want to say, any shout outs, anything, leave your handles everything, the floor is yours right now.
1: Um no nah, not really man I appreciate you know all the support you've shown like the shows Respect, and everything bro. that we've had mm-hmm. over the years you know we've used your outlet as a place for people to buy tickets in the city in Scarborough and um you know I just I appreciate the the outlet and the you know the opportunities you've helped me with and things we've done over the years so mm-hmm. that's it bro I appreciate your time today it's been like an hour and a half I ain't never talked to nobody yeah. for
0: five, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was just easy when when it's just flowing. The conversation is just that good. It's just yeah. that crazy from time to time. You know what I mean? Yep,
1: 100%. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Okay. Leave your handles where they could check you out. There, your website, anything where they could check out what Peter Jackson's up to.
1: Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything is uh, Peter Jackson nine zero five, and then uh, my website is peterjacksonmusic.ca, mm-hmm. and my new merch store is nine zero nickelmerch.com.
0: BJ, it's been a pleasure. It's been great. Trust me. I learned a lot. And your stories, and I know we even haven't touched 5% of what's inside of your mind, all those crazy tour stories and stuff like that. But again, we got to get together again after the project comes out. Give it some time when we get rid of all of this pandemic stuff, then you can actually come to the studio. You know what I mean? Come to the studio in Scarborough, sit down and chop it up.
1: 100%.
0: BJ, let me give you an outro and get you out of here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by